0: Ubiquity. The history of designs we take for granted. Created by Chris Whitwood. One evening in 1923, Leo Gerstenzang was sitting with his wife Zuta as she gave their baby daughter Betty a bath. He watched as Zuta carefully wrapped wads of cotton around toothpicks in order to clean sensitive or hard-to-reach areas. Gustin Sang later recalled joking to his wife that she needed an extra pair of hands as she tried to balance the lively infant. But what if the baby moved suddenly and hurt herself on the sharp point of the cocktail stick? What if she got a splinter? What if the cotton fell off and got stuck in the baby's ear or nose? An idea began to form in Gustin Sang's mind. If only there was a product that did the same job but could be bought ready to use without the need to tediously attach cotton wads one by one and without the risks posed by cocktail sticks. Thus, the cotton swab, or cotton bud, as it is in British English, was invented. At least that's one story. As with many products that become ubiquitous, the story of their origin is unclear, anecdotal and sometimes contradictory. Gersten Zang had been born into a Jewish family living in Warsaw, which was then part of the Russian Empire, but had emigrated to Chicago in 1912. In the aftermath of the First World War, Gersten Zang returned to Poland as a representative of the Humanitarian American-Jewish Joint Distribution Committee before travelling back to become a United States citizen and moving to New York to start a family. It was here that the Bath Time Anecdote took place. Yet the first patent for a cotton swab design was actually filed in 1925 by Hazel and Forbis, who manufactured them in her home. Gerstensang's achievement, however, came from devising a way to mass-produce them. He established the Leo Gerstensang Infant Novelty Company and purchased an assignment of the patent from Forbis, selling boxes of 60 swabs for 25 cents. The working name for his cotton swabs had been Baby Betty Gaze on account of the baby's laughter when she was tickled with them, but this was shortened to Baby Gaze when they went on sale. In 1926, the name evolved further, to become Q-tips baby gaze, the Q standing for quality, as well as according to some, the initials being a play on the word cutie before the latter part of the name was dropped altogether. Some products are designed in such a way as to fulfill a very specific function. Its purpose and method of use are obvious. There are, for example, a limited number of ways in which a seatbelt can be practically used. Other products are more versatile, The shortening of the brand name marked a move away from promoting cotton swabs solely as a product for infants. This broadened the market. Now they were not just a necessity in the nursery, but also indispensable on the dressing table for applying and removing cosmetics. Sales increased. By the 1950s, Hollywood makeup artists were celebrating cotton swabs in booklets, such as Lessons in Loveliness with Q-Tips. As of 2020, 1.5 1.5 million disposable cotton swabs are produced every single day. That's about 5,000 just since the start of this episode. Qtip's success was helped by the packaging. Rich blue cardboard boxes emblazoned with a large white logo. Not only were these eye-catching, they were also practical. Packaging them in a sliding tray meant the box could be opened with one hand by a parent holding a child in the other. With the protection of Forbes' patent, Q-tips dominated the market for the first few decades. However, following a court case launched against Johnson & Johnson in 1952, generic swabs began to go on sale. Nevertheless, the company Gustin Zang founded continues to be preeminent to such a degree that in much of North America, the words Q-tip and cotton swab are colloquially synonymous. Although the original Q-tip spindles were made of wood, various materials, primarily paper and plastic, have been used over the years, requiring different manufacturing processes. Wooden spindles use non-splintering birch wood and are turned by various lathe processes, while paper is die-cut before being tightly rolled to form a stick. This method of manufacture came from an unlikely source. In 1958, Q-Tips purchased the English company Paper Sticks Limited, who had previously produced lollipop sticks for the confectionery trade. Their machinery was transported to the United States, adapted and shortly after, paper applicator cotton swabs hit the market. In more recent years, the majority of cotton swab spindles have been made from plastics, such as PET. These are produced by the process of extrusion. Plastic, pigments and other additives are heated together, then forced through a mould in a similar way to how pasta is squeezed in strands by a spaghetti maker and then cut to length. As with the spindles, a variety of materials have been used for the tips, but they are generally cotton due to its absorbance and importantly for a single-use product, its low cost. In November 2016, the photographer Justin Hoffman was part of an expedition around Indonesia. Near the town of Sumbawa Basar, Hoffman and a small group of others made an impromptu stop to go snorkelling. After about half an hour, the tide began to turn. As it did, Richard White, a wildlife expert and one of Hoffman's colleagues, pointed out a small golden brown seahorse. At first, it rode the currents, grasping onto a piece of seagrass as a raft. But as the pair watched, sewage and other debris began to wash into the previously idyllic scene. Carrier bags, plastic ties, until the seahorse's tail closed around a pink plastic cotton swab. In disgust, Hoffman took out his camera. The photo Hoffman took served as a wake-up call to the world. In design, a product life cycle describes not just how a product is sold and how it is used during its lifetime, but also the raw materials from which it is fabricated and its disposal. Plastic may be an ideal material for the stem of a cotton swab during its use, but after that stage, the material is more problematic. This is all the more true when considering how they are often disposed of. Despite many campaigns by water and sewage companies and environmental groups, 10% of the 1.8 billion cotton buds used in the UK each year are flushed down the toilet. These then make their way into waterways and seas, accounting for up to 6% of plastic pollution found in our oceans. In the words of the world-renowned naturalist and broadcaster Sir David Attenborough, For years, we thought the oceans were so vast that nothing we could do could have an effect upon them. Now we know that was wrong. The success of the cotton swab is in its unobtrusive utility. Cheap, practical, disposable. Therein lies the problem. If we hardly give them a second thought even when we are using them, then it is easier still to ignore them after they've been thrown away. The problem with ubiquity is that we don't always see the damage such products can cause until it is too late. The consequences of disposable single-use plastics are now becoming appallingly apparent. The challenge for designers, and for us as product users, is to keep in mind not just how objects are made and how they are used, but also the land, water and raw materials required in their manufacture, while maintaining an eye for what will happen to them in the future. Thank you for listening to Ubiquity, the history of designs we take for granted. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow the series on social media using the handle Ubiquity underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram, or search Ubiquity Podcast on Facebook. All episodes will be available on YouTube. Please leave a like and a comment as I'd love to hear your feedback and your ideas for future episodes. If you want to support the podcast financially, or just say thank you, please visit the Ubiquity Podcast Patreon at patreon.com forward slash ubiquity underscore pod. Patrons will also gain access to all of the scripts as episodes are released, and will be able to vote on subjects for episodes in upcoming series. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you once again for listening.